Welcome to the Natural Health Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, Certified Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner. I'm here to deliver you weekly episodes where you will hear conversations with health experts and solo episodes about functional medicine and all things holistic health. My goal is to provide you with the knowledge and tools you need in order to help you rise to your healthiest, happiest self. So on this episode, I am going to have a conversation with Dr. David Minkoff. And Dr. Minkoff founded LifeWorks Wellness Center in 1997, which is now one of the largest alternative medical clinics in the United States and Body Health in 2000, which is an amazing nutrition company. And they offer a unique range of dietary supplements for the public and practitioners. Dr. Minkoff has a diverse background as a board certified pediatrician, a fellow in infectious diseases, an ER physician, and the co-director of a neonatal intensive care unit. He recently wrote the best-selling book, The Search for the Perfect Protein, and writes two online newsletters each week, The Optimum Health Report and The Body Health Fitness Newsletter. He is an expert in functional medicine, allergy elimination, biological medicine, neural therapy, longevity, anti-aging medicine, and more. So welcome to the show, Dr. Minkoff. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you today. Do you want to just start by telling us a little bit about how you got into your line of work and a little bit of your story? Uh, sure. So I, I've had several different careers that you sort of outlined. I was working in an emergency room. It was a chest pain center in Florida. And my wife, who's a nurse, got interested in nutritional biochemistry. She's a nurse. She was a microbiologist. And she started going to different seminars. And there's a guy named Jeff Bland, who really the whole function medicine movement is because of him. He was a nutritional biochemist. He worked with Linus Pauling and he was real smart. And she dragged me to one of his lectures one day, kind of kicking and screaming the whole way. And he was just super smart and I like smart. So he just made sense. And I got interested and we started to go to different seminars and learn about this stuff. My hobby is Ironman triathlon. So I was interested in a lot of what he said just for my own, you know, I wanted to be a faster athlete. And I had done about 40 Ironman triathlons. And I was always trying to see what I could do to get faster. How could I improve my nutrition, my endurance, my training? And it seemed like a lot of the things that he talked about were relevant to that. The other thing that happened kind of at the same time is that my wife decided because we were learning about heavy metals and mercury and how this is bad. And she had a lot of mercury fillings. All of her premolars and molars had been filled by a dentist when she was a little kid. And if you looked at her mouth, it was just rail to rail, silver amalgam mercury fillings. And so she went to a dentist who wasn't really certified or trained to remove this stuff safely. And he drilled them all out and uh, replaced them with some white fillings. And not very long after that, she started to feel bad. Now, mercury is very poisonous. To give you an idea of how poisonous it is, if you took one filling, which is about a half a gram, 500 milligrams of mercury, you ground it up real fine and you put it in a lake that was 10 acres big and there were fish in that lake and the EPA came to check, like, is it safe to eat these fish? They would have to put an advisory on that it's not safe to eat these fish, that this little amount of mercury, one filling in 10 acres, pollutes the lake enough so that the fish eating the vegetation and being in that water would also have too high levels of mercury 
And if we ate those, we would be sick. Now, she had probably 10 mercury fillings in her mouth. That's only one filling. And a filling is made out of liquid mercury. So mercury at room temperature is liquid. It boils at 110 degrees. So if you have a hot cup of soup or tea or coffee, it's probably in the 160 to 180 range. And the mercury that's in those fillings boils and it off gases mm. and people swallow it and it gets in their palate and it works its, its way into various organs, thyroid, brain and other places. And this has experimentally been looked at. So if you take a goat and you put mercury fillings in the goat and you put a label on the mercury so you can track where it goes, like a radioactive label. What you find is that within a couple of days, the goat has mercury in the kidneys, the mercury in the colon and mercury in the heart, that these things, they off gas and they, they come out. And goats aren't drinking hot liquids, but just from the chewing action, the stuff comes off. So she started to feel bad. And um, I had no idea what was wrong with her. And when she told me that she'd gone to the dentist and had all her fillings out, I thought she was crazy because like, why would you do that? So she began to develop a number of autoimmune conditions. Her thyroid, her liver got weakness in her arm. They thought maybe she had MS. Now she's, she's also a triathlete. She was very fit. She had no problems. And then she started to get ill. And so she saw a lot of different doctors who didn't know what to do with her. And we were sort of stuck. So I got interested in this. So she's a nurse and she runs a home healthcare nursing agency. And her office was right next to an empty office and a dentist moved into that empty office. But on the marquee, so this is middle 90s. Nobody knew anything about mercury or anything. It wasn't talked about. And on the dental office on the sign, it said natural dentistry. And one day by accident, I had gone to pick her up after work. And he was walking out to his car and I stopped him and introduced myself and said, you know, what is natural dentistry? And he said, well, unlike most dentists, we believe in natural dentistry that the mouth is actually part of the body. It's not an independent thing and that you would never do anything in the mouth that you wouldn't do in some other part of the body. Like you would never put mercury in a wound. They used to, when I was growing up, we put mercuricum, mm. you know, which was an antiseptic and it had mercury in it. Now, mercury kills stuff. So it would kill bacteria, but you get mercury in your body and it'll also kill you. So it's a potent toxin, neurotoxin. Mm -hmm. So he said, we wouldn't do that. And he said, no doctor ever leaves in organs that are dead or infected. Like if you have a gangrene toe, you have to cut the toe off or the guy's going to die. If you have a gangrene in a loop of intestine, the surgeon has to go in there and take that piece out because it would kill you. But dentists routinely do root canal procedures on teeth. So they have a dead tooth that's infected. And he said, we would never do that because it just isn't good medicine. You know, it isn't good dentistry. So I told him about the experience that she was having with the teeth. And he said, oh, she's mercury toxic. That's what's wrong with her. But there's no one in this town. So this is Clearwater, Florida, 1996 or so. You have to go to see this doctor. He runs training courses for doctors. He knows how to detox this stuff. He will teach you. And so I got on a plane and I flew to Seattle and I spent some time with this doctor and learned all about this new stuff, like mercury, detoxification, nutritional biochemistry, all this stuff. And I came back and started working with a biochemist because I wanted to find something natural to help detox the heavy metals. And we started to give her this stuff and she got better. And over four or five months, all of her symptoms went away. And we had friends that were watching this whole thing and they started calling me. Now I'm full-time emergency medicine. So emergency medicine is shift work. So, you know, it was either seven in the morning till seven at night or seven at night till seven in the morning. And it's probably 14 shifts a month. So I would be on a couple of days and I'd be off for a couple of days. And on my off days, people started to call me and said, you know, you look what you did with your wife. 
I've got chronic migraine headaches, I've got ulcerative colitis, I've got rheumatoid arthritis, I've got blah, blah, blah. Would you see me? And I wasn't sure I really knew what I was doing. And so I just did it for fun. I didn't charge anybody. And I started to see people. And a couple afternoons a week, I said, I'm going to be over at my wife's nursing agency had an empty office. So I said, I'll be over there. And you just come in in the afternoon. I'll be there from like, you know, two to five. And we'll, we'll see what we can do. And it actually worked on me. And very fast, I grew a practice. In fact, within a few months, we ended up renting about 3,000 square feet right next door and actually set up an office. And it also got very busy. And I sort of, you know, weaned off the emergency room as the practice grew. And then I've been doing that full time since then. And so now we have a big practice. We have about 70 employees and four nurse practitioners and three physicians. So we're really a center in the U.S. for complex illness is mostly what we see. You know, Lyme disease and and MS and uh, Parkinson's and cancer and autoimmune disease. And people come from all over and they'll spend a couple of months here. We have like a lot of different modalities that we can use on people, hyperbaric oxygen and pulse magnetic field and all kinds of different IV therapies where we can actually get people better. And about our average patient has seen 13 doctors and uh, about 85% of them get better. You know, like they go through the program and they actually get better and they go home and they can go back to work and they don't have to be fatigued anymore and their brain fog clears up and they get better. And a lot of what you're doing is similar in a way. I mean, you're doing it as a supplement type thing, but we add things that add a lot of power to it. You know, if you give people IV ozone or methylene blue or these other things, you can really sort of ramp up the effect on people so that it goes a little deeper and a little bit faster. So it's very fun. And the field is just exploding with new methods, new ideas, you know, new technologies. You know, this is very different than a practice where it's an insurance-based practice and doctors are told what they can do and what they can't do, what lab tests they can order and what they can prescribe. And we're sort of totally outside that system. So what we do is, you know, it's a fee-for-service practice. So patients come in, we charge for our services, and we really are like, it's us and the patient. There's nobody in between. So what I'm doing is what I feel is the best thing to do. You know, if I have someone with a certain condition and the insurance company says, well, you have to treat them for that condition, or this is what you have to do, I don't have to do that. So it makes us independent and we can really do what actually works. Like it's really good medicine. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my story. That's a really amazing story. I love that you went into it trying to help your wife. And then it just all of a sudden expanded to this amazing practice that you've been doing for so long. And right. I can relate because I didn't have a bunch of mercury fillings, but I did have mercury toxicity when I was about, I want to say they found it when I was like 21 or 22. And I went through chelation therapy and a whole bunch of other things for a while. My uh, limbs were going numb and tingling and I was super fatigued and all of those other kinds of symptoms. And since we're on the topic of this right now, what are some common side effects from metals and, and then where are people getting these besides the metal fillings? Well, the environment is full of heavy metals. You know, when the first cars came out, in like the early 1900s, 1910 or so forth. The gasoline that they were burning was leaded and leaded gasoline has more octane than unleaded gasoline. And unbeknownst to them, I think at the time, from about 1910 to about 1960, virtually across the planet, all the gasoline was leaded. And when you burn leaded gasoline, you release lead and lead goes up in the atmosphere and it falls into the lakes and streams and oceans and it falls onto the ground. And so 
what should be led very deep in the ground, where we wouldn't really have much exposure. You know, the Romans ran into this. They used lead to line their aqueduct, and a lot of people got lead toxic back in Roman times. And some people feel like the fall of the Roman Empire had to do with the psychosis reactions and crazy things that happened because those that people and their soldiers especially got lead poisoning. But other than that, the exposures to lead weren't that weren't that. But now virtually anything that you eat, if it's grown in the ground, it doesn't matter if it's organic or not, contains lead and cadmium and arsenic. And a lot of the chemicals and the pesticides and the herbicides that are used across crops across the country have heavy metals. So arsenic is very common and cadmium is very common. And these things get in the food supply and we eat these things. And mercury, like most of the fish is mercury contaminated. The big fish are worse. I have a little meter where I can measure mercury vapor. So, you know, in the old days when mercury was in thermometers, if you dropped a thermometer in like an office like ours, it becomes like a hazmat emergency, like hazardous materials emergency. You'd have to call special guys who come in and you know, special suits to clean up the mercury. And when they've done cleaning it up, they have a meter that measures mercury vapor levels. And if it's below 10 parts per million, it was considered safe. So I bought one of these meters just to sort of have fun with it. And I started going around and having people open up their mouth and stick the meter in their mouth and see how what the readings were from the mercury off gas from their teeth or from their breath from food that they had eaten which had mercury in it. And if 10 parts per million was the safe level for EPA, we would find people routinely at 100, 150, even higher, where the person's mouth is a hazardous materials waste dump and it's in their mouth or their breath. Wow. So then I took some broccoli, some organic broccoli and put it in a pot and boiled it and put the mercury vapor meter next to it so I could catch the steam coming off and it was off the charts. Wow. So, you know, broccoli has these sulfur containing molecules in them, these sulfurophanes. It's a very nice, nutritious food, but sulfur and mercury just go together like hand and glove. And so you got this broccoli growing in the soil with these sulfur compounds and there's mercury in the soil. And guess where the mercury goes? It goes in the broccoli. And then when you eat the broccoli, what happens? You get the mercury. And I found that it didn't matter if it's organic or not, because it's the soil has this stuff in it. Uh, coal burning plants release mercury. So a lot of the power around the United States is coal burning and the mercury vapors come off and it lands in the streams and the lakes and in the oceans and on the so, you know, we test people all the time for heavy metals and virtually 100% of people we test have lead, have high lead, you know, 10 times, 20 times, 50 times what an acceptable level would be. And if people are eating a lot of fish, they have mercury. Almost everybody tests for arsenic. Almost everybody tests for cat. And these people aren't even symptomatic, but they have high levels of these things in their bodies. You know, they can cause illness and disease unbeknownst because most doctors aren't looking for this. But you get cadmium or arsenic or mercury or lead in the kidney, and it can be a cause of high blood pressure. These things can get inside arteries, and they can cause the arteries to become inflamed. And you can get artery disease, you know, where then cholesterol gets laid down. The artery gets narrowed and then the person has a heart attack or a stroke or, you know, their legs go down when they try to walk because their arteries are full. And heavy metals are one of the big things that could cause that. So, you know, that's sort of the environment that we're in. And that's where most people's exposure is, among other things. You know, there's 80,000 chemicals in the environment. And so we test, one of the tests that we do on everybody, I don't know if you're doing this, but Great Plains Labs does a, a environmental toxin panel. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got glyphosate, Roundup, like everybody. Like I've never seen anyone. I've done thousands of these tests. No one on this planet has no Roundup in their urine. 
everyone has Roundup in their ear. And they often have plastics and they have gasoline residues and they have herbicides and they have flame retardants because we live in this. And even the people who are careful, it's better, you know, if they're eating organic food, you know, they're trying to stay clean of these things. And, you know, they're not packaging their food in plastic stuff and they're not using aluminum foil and they're not using commercial skin products and deodorants and things like that. They still have it too. Not as bad, it's better, but the people who aren't careful are loaded with it. And so all the chronic patients that you see and all the chronic patients that I see are sick because the planet's polluted and we're basically killing each other. Mm -hmm. And you see this in cancer rates. You see it in fertility rates. You know, you see it in autism rates. These are things that are just like epidemic levels where people are, they're sick. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're sick because they're poisoned. Living a healthy lifestyle can be super hard when you don't live near a store that sells healthy organic foods or when you're just way too busy, like me, to go to the grocery store and actually shop. Love shopping online at Thrive Market. Thrive Market saves you time and effort when trying to shop for healthy food and non-toxic household and self-care products. You can actually get a nice peace of mind knowing that you're getting top quality products that are organic, non-GMO, non-toxic, and I think the best part is that they're sold at wholesale prices. So you're saving about 25 to 50% sometimes. You can find everything there from toothpaste and dish soap to organic wines and grass-fed meat. And my favorite thing to get from there are really all of my pantry staples. So for baking, I love to get all of my grain-free flours and then all of my healthy cooking oils like beef tallow and coconut oil. You can even search for and filter out products by over 90 different values. So things like vegan, paleo, sustainably farmed, non-GMO, and even autoimmune, which I loved using this when I was going through my personal autoimmune healing journey and this was my place to shop. So make sure you head to the link in my show notes so that you can get a free gift when you sign up for a membership through that link. You mentioned broccoli and I thought that was really interesting. Besides telling people probably to avoid the larger fish and you know eat smaller fish and watch your limits, are you telling them to not eat certain vegetables or is it like eat a whole food based diet and then do your best at detoxing throughout your you know your daily life? What is the Yeah, nutrition because you, I mean what we what do you end up eating? I mean, right. You eat anything. <laughs> right. You know, so you want to eat organic. That makes a big difference. But this stuff is there. Mm -hmm. And so no, I would eat all the broccoli you want. I wouldn't, I don't okay. <laughs> eat a whole organic foods, you know, stay away from chemicalized foods or processed foods or packaged because they're even worse. You know, then you add the dimension of crappy oils, like damaged oils. And virtually all packaged foods have damaged oils. They have linoleic acid and it's in a bad form and it's bad for us. So, you know, eat real stuff. You know, peaches are real and chicken legs are real, but what's a Trisket? You know what I mean? <laughs> Look on right. the package. You, It's a chemical soup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, look on a salad dressing, a regular commercial salad dressing. It's terrible. Whereas you can put some olive oil and salt and pepper and squeeze some garlic on a salad and make your own thing or some decent vinegar or balsamic vinegar or lemon juice. You know, it's real. Like mm -hmm. the body understands that. But 
you start putting all this other stuff, it doesn't know what the heck's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it do with it? You know, right. it's like it puts a confusion in. You know, it's almost like language. If I started speaking Greek to you now, you would be just be confused. But if I spoke English to you, well, well, like we can communicate and you can accept it and it works. Mm -hmm. So if you're speaking to me in foods that human beings have been eating for two million years, well, these bodies know these things. They've been doing this for two million years. But if you start putting in things that it's never seen before, that are adulterated and chemicalized and preserved and all this stuff, well, it's like, I don't know. What's the body going to do? And, yeah. and some of us are more sensitive than others. And so the sensitive ones, you know, they're the canaries in the gold mine and they get sick earlier. But right now, this is really interesting. When I was in college, this yogi came to lecture us. So in the afternoon, we did all these postures. And at night, he would give us a lecture on life. And he told us this story. He said, no, so this is 1970-ish. And it wasn't as bad then as it is now. And he said, for the first 20 years of your life, you can do anything you want. You know, you're a, you have a young body, you can do what you want. You can eat pizza and eat hot dogs and you'll be okay. The next 20 years of your life, you sort of coast on grace. Like the body still has enough reserve where you can get by. But he said the third 20 years of your life, your body will take you to hell. In those days, when people reached like their 40s, 50s, 60s, they would start to get you know, heart disease and cancer and other stuff. That was true in 1970. In 2022, all those diseases now we see in young children, you know, we see obesity and diabetes and soaring rates of autism, soaring rates of cancer, attention deficit disease, allergies, autoimmune disease, like it's just outrageous. I used to be a pediatrician and I remember one day in the hospital, we we're making rounds. So I was at UCSD, like the one of the most famous pediatricians that ever lived was the chairman of pediatrics at uh, UC San Diego uh, Medical Center, where I did my residency in pediatrics. And once a week, he would make rounds with us and he would walk around. Each of us had patients and we would present the patient to him and he'd give some words of wisdom and we go on to the next one. And one day we're making these rounds and we went across a kid. It was probably a 14 or 15 month old kid. He's in a crib. And he said, listen, you guys, this is a very rare condition. You probably will never see this condition ever in your life if you're a busy pediatrician. You know, you see patients for 40 years. You see 30 patients a day, five days a week. This is a rare condition. And maybe one in 50,000 or 100,000, these kids show up. And he said, just in case you see one, when we finish rounds today, come back and examine this kid and just imprint in your mind, what is this thing? Okay. And so I did that. And that kid was autistic. There was no autism in 1970. About one in 20 to 30 males now is diagnosed with autism. Now that's not genetics. That's poison mothers and poison kids. And that's a tragedy. You know, because these kids aren't going to work. They can't go to school. Who's going to take care of them? So it's an epidemic. So this is really, you know, this is really kind of where we're at. And it keeps you and I very busy. But we've got to be able to wake up, like really wake up. Because it's predicted that fertility rates are way down. Sperm counts are way down. Birth rates are way down. And are there going to be human beings left in 100 years? You know, if most people are toxic and infertile, men have no sperm and women can't conceive or their eggs are messed up. You know, there's a limit on this thing. And I think that hopefully, you know, what I'm trying to do and what you're trying to do is just get the awareness up for people of, you know, don't support 
bad people doing bad things. Don't buy Roundup. Don't buy non-organic food. The only way that you can really influence this is the people who are selling products that make money from it. If people don't buy those products anymore, they won't sell those products anymore. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos didn't buy Whole Foods because he thinks that the environment or good food is good. He bought it because it's a good business. And if people don't buy Coca-Cola and Pepsi and all the packaged foods, they won't keep selling them. And if the demand for organic whole food and animals raised without pesticides and chemicals, then in the market goes that way. And we can convince our friends and our patients to go that way. Then we can clean this whole thing up. You know, we still got a chance. So, yeah. I mean, that's the big game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you follow Dr. Mark Hyman, and he always says you get a chance to vote with your fork every single day. It's kind of yeah. just what you're saying. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's your exactly. Fork and it's your dollars. Where right. are you putting it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, and that's what this podcast is for, right? I have all the people I take care of, but then this is really to build that awareness and have people hear you speak and hear all these stories that this stuff is getting really bad and you have to wake up and realize it. Um, but there are these options that we provide and choosing healthier things in your life to reverse all of this, right? You have this picture in your book of mercury amounts and you show that I think it's like tuna is 250 parts per million. And then the flu shot has 51,000 parts per billion of mercury in it, which is pretty mind blowing. Do you mind sharing your thoughts on that and the 26 different vaccines that kids get nowadays? Like do you agree with that? Is that a good choice for parents to be making? <laughs> Are they necessary? <laughs> so there's some areas in medicine where if you make too much noise, mm. they will stomp you. Mm -hmm. So let me just put it this way. I just did a, I just was on with, uh, with Dr. McColl on his, on his, you know, he does an interview every day. And he asked me this question. And so I think I gave him a very reasonable answer. So if you and I are walking through a field where cows are grazing and there's cow patties all over and we're both barefoot and we by accident step on a cow patty and there just happens to be a rusty nail in the middle of that cow patty and it punctures your heel or my heel. I would go get a tetanus shot. I would rinse it out really well, and I would go get a tetanus shot mm -hmm. because I used to be an infectious disease doctor. I saw a couple people who had tetanus, and it isn't pretty, and the shot works pretty much. Like, it works. So I'm not anti-anything except if it's more toxic than what it fixes or it's beneficial over what the side effects are. I think, sure, it's a great mm -hmm. idea, you know? Smallpox seemed to work pretty well, mm -hmm. the vaccine, and tetanus shots work. There's a lot of stuff out there that doesn't necessarily have that same thing. And so I caution people, you know, like, is it really going to help you? And then make that decision. Mm -hmm. So that's my politically correct answer to that. Okay. Thank you for giving that answer. <laughs> well, maybe for what you do with your patients versus maybe what someone could do at home naturally for detoxing from metals. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, the first rule of detoxification is don't put any more in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, regular deodorants have aluminum and you put that deodorant on your underarm and that aluminum comes into your body and it goes into your brain, it goes into your lymph nodes, it goes into your breast. Okay. And we know aluminum is a neurotoxin and it's a carcinogen and you just don't want aluminum in your body. So don't use that stuff. I don't even like deodorants and I don't like antiperspirants because I think if people are living well, they don't smell. Okay. They just don't smell. But 
if you're going to use those products, use safe products. Essential oils are safe products. You know, a little baking soda and some coconut oil is a safe product if you need something, you know, if your body needs something. And put a couple of drops of peppermint on there and make like a reasonable thing that, that is at least helps with perspiration, okay? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't wrap food in aluminum foil because it's aluminum and it gets all over the food. I wouldn't wrap food in plastic because the plastics get into food and then they get in your body. So, so there you go. You got a glass jar there. That's just yeah. perfect. Okay. Stainless steel can be okay. Don't drink water bottles in plastic unless it's an emergency. You know, bring your own water. The water in virtually all cities in America is contaminated. Now you won't get amoebas from, but you'll get statin drugs in small amounts and you'll get blood pressure medicines and you'll get Roundup and you'll get plastics and you'll get chemicals. So I have everybody, you get a reverse osmosis system and all the water you drink goes through that reverse osmosis system. If you can get a whole house system where the water softened and cleaned, that's good. Put filters on your shower water because when you take a hot shower in Florida here, there's chloramines in the water. There's fluoride in the water. You don't want this stuff in your body. And if you shower and your skin is hot, it goes in the skin. The skin is very absorbent and you get that stuff. So these are sort of simple things. Eat organic only. Now it won't be only because sometimes people want to go out and have dinner and this isn't to shame people, but I try as much as you can to have your own food or eat places where the food is clean. And I think if people sort of start going on this trend, pure water, good food, have a bowel movement every day, go outside every day and get some sunshine without putting stuff on your skin. You know, if you're going to be out all day and you're in Phoenix, or in, yeah, you're Scottsdale, mm-hmm. and you're light-complected, you're going to burn. So there are safe things to put on your skin that can help you. But you want natural exposure, natural light, and natural sun to be on your skin, you know, virtually every day. And you want to get some exercise. I mean, these are sort of very basic things that everyone can do. And then you have to have a bowel movement every day. There's no such thing in as my normal habit is every three to seven days, every day, at least once. And it should be a pleasurable moment. Like you go to the bathroom and when you're done, you feel like you're empty and something good just happened. Mm -hmm. And some people either as children or work or something where they've lost their urge to go, they can't feel it. They don't know what's happening down there. And that can be retrained. There's colon hydrotherapists, there's programs, you know, there's natural sort of laxatives. You can give someone some magnesium citrate and you can get people to go to the bathroom or add some fiber and they'll feel better. And we find that the first six weeks of our program, if they go on an organic paleo diet, we take them off dairy and all grain products, all bean products, all nightshades, so it's meat, fish, eggs, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Make sure they have a bowel movement every day. Get 20 or 30 minutes of being outside, walking around, playing tennis, riding your bike, doing anything, just motion. They feel better. They sleep better. Their mood is better. Their energy is better. And then it, we could just sort of build from there. And then a supplement program where because people need help with their gut, you know, they don't have enzymes. They don't have hydrochloric acid don't have enough good bacteria and just use a concern of it's exactly what you're doing i know you're doing the same thing we are in a sense with sicker people we have to do some other stuff but the basic stuff heck it just works and most people in a relatively short period of time we do a medical symptom survey i don't know if you're using this in your practice but i do that yeah it's fantastic because they can't remember how bad they were Exactly. And I saw somebody today, she came in here seven weeks ago with a medical symptom score of 178. Now that's way up there. 
And she had a lot of problems. And in seven weeks, I saw her for a recheck and her labs were all back. So I went through her labs and I had her fill out the symptom survey. And she went from 178 down to 49. Wow. And she was on Adderall and a couple more psych drugs and depressed and a mess. Young woman, 40. And she just couldn't stop talking about how good she felt. Like she said, I can't believe it. I didn't think this was going to work on me, but I just can't believe it. Like I got my brain back and I stopped taking the Adderall because I don't need this stimulant anymore for my brain to work. And I actually feel like I can see the environment where I was just in like zombie land before. And my stomach, it was always bloated and uncomfortable. And now it's not bloated and uncomfortable. And I'm having a bowel mood a couple times a day and I'm sleeping, you know, like I'm actually sleeping. And she said, I started exercising again. I couldn't do anything before because I was so exhausted and terrible. So this isn't really magic. Let's restore health in people and start getting them to do the things that they have to do if you want to be healthy. You know, this organism has rules. You know, it's got rules. It's biology. Mm -hmm. And when you do antibiology, the cells don't work. And when the cells work, then they work. And your liver works and your brain works and your lungs work. And when you do things that support those, because basically the body's built on single individual cells and these cells need good food and they need pure water and they need to get rid of their waste. And then if they're in that condition, they will do what they're supposed to do. And then when you put a couple trillion of them together, you get a whole body, but it's because each of them are working. Mm -hmm. If they're all polluted, you know, the liver's backed up and the spleen's backed up and the intestines backed up. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, no wonder you feel terrible. Yeah. Well, I want to move into talking about your book, The Search for the Perfect Protein, just because okay. I know we don't have so much time left. I've been dying to ask you some questions about this. Okay, let's um, do that. Awesome. So first of all, you talk about how almost everyone or a lot of people are protein malnourished. What does that normally look like for people? People are protein malnourished for a couple of reasons. One is they're not eating enough. You know, there's no vegetarian long-term populations on earth. So vegetable proteins just aren't what human bodies were bred on. It can be done and you'll, you can point to occasional people who like their bodybuilders or natural bodybuilders or vegans and they got great big muscles, but very, very few people can do that. And I think those people have an intestine that's more like a cow. Like a cow can take grass and turn it into a 2000 pound body. A whale can take spirulina and turn it into, I don't know how much whales make, but they, in their intestine, they have bacteria that can make essential amino acids out of non-essential amino acids. Very few humans can do that. Half the population is taking acid blockers. Half the population has yeast and parasites and bad bacteria in their gut. They're all on gluten and virtually everyone we test is gluten sensitive and gluten pokes holes in the intestine when you're sensitive. Glyphosate, you know, everybody has Roundup on their gluten and glyphosate pokes holes in their intestine. And so people don't digest well and they don't absorb well and they're not eating enough protein. You know, if you have a bagel for breakfast with a cup of coffee and lunch, you have a salad with maybe a couple pieces of cheese on it, you're going to be protein malnourished. Our bodies need at least half to a gram per pound of body weight of protein. That's just how the body functions better. And so I'm a triathlete and I got injured. I pulled my hamstring and I couldn't get it to heal. And I have really access to anything. I, you know, I chiropractored it and massaged it and injected it and electrical stimulated it. And I did everything. 
and it wouldn't heal. And then I was experimenting with amino acids and I put together this mixture of amino acids. It's called Perfect Amino. And I started taking it and my hamstring healed in six weeks. And I went and did an Ironman. I went and did Ironman Canada. It's a very tough Ironman. It's a mountain bike ride. And it's in a very hilly marathon. And I had the best time I'd ever had. And I started testing people to measure their blood levels of essential amino acids. And I found that all the patients that I was seeing were deficient. And then I'm in this athlete world, sort of one foot in this athlete world. And I was seeing consulting on some of the best athletes in the world, Olympians and professional cyclists and triathletes and track and field. And I found they were protein malnourished too. Their serum amino acid levels were low. And I started giving them this mixture, which is called perfect amino of amino acids. And everyone got a performance boost. They got a performance boost and some of their nagging injuries healed. And then we started to give it to just regular people and women would come in and they would say, you know, my nails are better and my hair is growing faster and my skin looks better and my energy is better. And then we experimented it when we were doing detoxification of people like heavy metal detoxification. Well, all the whole detoxification system is based on amino acids. You need amino acids to detoxify these things, all these enzymes. And we found that they detox 30% faster if we gave them perfect amino. This is something that really in, this, in today's world, virtually everybody should be on. And so it comes as a powder, it comes as tablets. The book, The Search for the Perfect Protein, is kind of this subject. I was searching for the perfect protein that would nourish people or that I could give to people to help them reestablish their bodies. Now, neurotransmitters, so this is things like serotonin and dopamine and GABA. And, you know, there's a whole tons of psych drugs which are supposed to be altering these chemicals because people have behavior problems or sleep problems or they're depressed or they're anxious because these things are out of whack. Unfortunately, the drugs never correct those things. They only poison the nervous system further. But if you give people amino acids, they can rebuild their own neurotransmitters and their own detox system. And why did this girl this afternoon, why is she now looking at the Adderall and it's like, I don't need this stuff anymore? And she was on gabapentin and she said, I've cut the dose in half because her amino acid levels are now going into normal range and her brain is making these things. And her gut cells, which is the other place where these things are made, are starting to make these things. And then her body can reestablish its normal balance. So amino acids are key and everybody needs them. And in an ideal world, you should be able to get everything you need from food. But this, I, this world is so far from ideal that we need crutches for people. And I mean, everybody needs them and they really are helpful. And you can't take one a day and think you're going to get anywhere. Really, the dose, you need to take 10 of these or two scoops. And then if you're really protein malnourished or you decide that you want to be vegan or vegetarian for whatever reason, then you need to double up on the dosages. You need to take them a couple times a day because the food you're eating isn't going to nourish you. Right. A lot of these people feel better for six months to a year. You know, the food is better. They're getting plenty of fiber. They're getting plenty of phytonutrients, which is all good, but they're not getting enough protein. And so if you add this and the product is vegan, you know, there's no, it's not animal derived at all, that you can add this to it and then they can get enough protein so if they want to be vegetarian or vegan, they can. And then you just have to make sure that they're getting enough D12, and they're getting enough omega-3 fats, and they're getting enough iron. Because mm -hmm. vegetarian diets tend to be low in those things. So you can measure those things and you can supplement. Mm -hmm. So if that's their lifestyle choice, they can. 
Yeah. I think there's five grams in the product, right? So you're saying normal person, maybe two, two a day and then no, 10. no, no, right. Uh, two doses. Right. So 10 grams. Yeah. And take it all at once. It works better if you take it all at once. Oh, 10 so grams all at five once. Twice. Oh, okay. Take 10 all at once. Okay. If you're 110 pounds or more, take 10 all at once or 10 grams, which is uh-huh. on the powder. It's two scoops. Okay. Let's say it's someone who's chronically ill. Maybe they're this patient you had who was going off of antidepressants or someone who has an autoimmune disease and they're just really starting their healing process, maybe double that for a few months and then back down or, okay. And then athletes, how do you have athletes do it? I know you're huge into the Ironmans and everything. Yeah. Most athletes need more. They double dose it. Okay. And what I would usually tell most of them on on a regular day, you know, most athletes have days where they have real intense days. You know, they have a track day. They have a, a, you know, a, a long cycle day or, a, or an intense cycle day. Then on those days, double up on the dose because you need more. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other big areas on this that I'm sure you're seeing too is that there's an epidemic of osteoporosis. Mostly women, oh, yeah. not all women, but osteoporosis. You see women in their 30s and 40s and you send them for a bone density and they've got osteopenia. They're losing bone. And bones are made out of collagen, which is protein. And if the collagen is there, the mineral, the calcium phosphorus can go on top. Mm-hmm. And the deficiency in, in osteoporosis isn't a calcium deficiency. You can give people calcium all day long. It doesn't make a difference. You put them on perfect amino. And then you add the minerals and you make sure their vitamin D is okay and their hormones are okay. And then you give them some kind of exercise where they, they load. They do deadlifts or squats. You know, they get on a fiber plate. Man, they'll build bone like that. And their osteoporosis will go away. And they don't need any of the garbage drugs that are used for osteoporosis because they're all toxic as heck. Yeah. And, you know, they actually go worse for the bone. And they don't need all that stuff. Their doctors don't know any of this stuff, so they prescribe it. But it's not good health. It's not good for health. It's not good for medicine. It doesn't even work. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I have to tell you about my favorite company to order all of my pasture-raised, grass-fed meats from. It's called U.S. Wellness Meats. And their farms are committed to sustainable, humane farming practices, which actually benefit our environment unlike conventional farming practices. So I get a lot of people telling me that they cut out meat to be healthier, but I actually recommend the complete opposite. It's not meat in general that's unhealthy. It's the type and the quality of the meat that has the power to be inflammatory or anti-inflammatory and loaded with healthy nutrients. Due to modern farming practices, conventional meats have about two to three times higher levels of inflammatory omega-6 fats and two to three times lower anti-inflammatory omega-3 fats. Now, omega-6 fats are not problematic in themselves, but the ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s in conventional meats is undesirable and actually causes inflammation. So consuming pasture-raised, grass-fed meats are actually the opposite. They have a more balanced ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s, more conjugated linoleic acid, and this makes them more anti-inflammatory in nature. My favorite thing to order from this company is actually a blend where they take 75% beef and 25% organ meats. I know it sounds crazy, but it's actually delicious. You can't taste the organ meats and you are basically taking one of nature's best vitamins because organ meats have just about every single nutrient you need to thrive. 
So head to the link in the show notes and go check out all of their high quality products and you can thank me later. Can you talk about just a little bit about how proteins are not created equally, like the difference between animal products versus plants and the actual amino acid utilization? Yes. So the whole dietary industry, dietitians, you know, registered dietitians or nutritional consultants are taught that if a person, let's say they're 150 pounds and they're supposed to get, let's say 100 grams of protein a day, that if you add up seven grams from a yogurt and 20 grams from a can of tuna fish and they have a plant-based protein powder and they get 25 grams from that, that if they hit their 100 grams, that it's all equal and it's all okay. You know, that the proteins that from different sources are equal. And that is not true at all. And the way they sort of fudge it, especially like with whey protein, is they created this thing called the digestibility index, which is a fooler to make you think, wow, this is really good. And what the digestibility index says is that this is 100% digestible and will get into your body. But digestibility isn't the problem. It's when those amino acids from that whey protein get in your body, how much of those amino acids can your body actually utilize to make proteins? And for whey protein, it's only about 16%. 84% of that whey protein gets turned into a carbohydrate plus nitrogen waste. And so you might as well have a banana because you don't get much protein from it. This whole thing with collagen, Collagen, in order to make a protein, every protein in the body has eight amino acids. They're called essential. The body can't make them. They have to come in from the outside. Collagen is missing one of them. It has seven amino acids. This whole myth about collagen and so great, it's the perfect protein. If you measure it, you can measure these things like take collagen, how many grams went in, how much protein did you build from it? If collagen was the only food you were eating, you wouldn't build protein because it can't do it. So in the book, there's a whole sort of analysis on this of like, what are the best protein foods? And the animal protein foods are the best ones. Mm -hmm. You know, this thing with spirulina is interesting because if you go in the health food store and spirulina, the perfect food and whales get so big and they eat spirulina. Do you know that spirulina we, we had tested 24 different brands of spirulina to see how good was the utilization of getting the spirulina protein getting made by your body into your protein, into hair and skin and immune cells and neurotransmitters and, de- and enzymes. And only six of them did any good for protein. And those six only had like a six or 8% utilization of the protein. So when you look at dairy, it's about 16% and soy is like 16 or 17%. They're not very good. And most of the plant proteins, they're just not any good. If you have a steak or a piece of chicken or a lamb chop, you know, they're about 33% utilized. They're double what any of these other foods are. And whole eggs, whole chicken eggs with yolk plus white is about 48% utilized. So whole eggs are the best protein source except for breast milk, if you can get it, is about 49%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perfect amino is 99% utilized. Like when you take it, virtually 100% of it, your body turns into its own protein so that you can heal or recover or build muscles or grow hair or detoxify 
all the garbage that comes into the body. So that's why it's so powerful. And that's why it works so well. We call it perfect amino because it's the perfect combination of amino acids for the human body to build the protein that it needs to stay healthy. and recover. So if you're nursing, you need extra. If you're pregnant, you need extra. If you had a car accident and you're trying to recover or you had an operation, you need lots of this stuff because this is what the body's going to use to heal you up and you'll heal up much faster. Mm -hmm. And there's no interaction with perfect amino in any known pharmaceutical medicine. So if you're on a bunch of different medicines that your doctor puts you on, you can add this to it. It won't hurt. You know, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the collagen and the whey because I'm just so curious if somebody wants to make a smoothie for one of their meals, what are they supposed to put in it for a protein? <laughs> I just tell them, uh, throw a couple of raw eggs in there. Okay. Okay. Eggs. It's the best okay. protein. Tastes good. Put a little, put a little nutmeg or a little cinnamon on top. And, uh, you know, you could throw in some almond milk, some blueberries, you know, a tablespoon of uh, MCT oil, some nut butter, you know, you could doctor it up any way that you want to have it, but you can have a nice, you know, some blueberries where you can have a nice drink and it's got good protein. And then we make a shake, which is a, it's got perfect amino in it. It's a good tasting shake. And you could put, throw a scoop of that powder in there and make a shake and it's really good. And it's got perfect amino in there. Okay. Are there any concerns with raw eggs at all? I, I don't have any. No. Okay. Awesome. Well, we're, we're ending on time. I have so many other questions, but <laughs> that's okay. One more thing. If you could uh, give the listeners one tip to help them live a healthier, happier life that they could start doing maybe this week or soon, what would you tell them to do? Really? I think I mentioned every possible thing in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the basic things, you know, eat good organic food, drink clean water, get some sunshine every day and exercise. Have a bowel movement every day. And then a great big one is surround yourself with people who make you feel like you're okay. Mm. And if you're spending time with people who sneer at you or who cut you or who make you feel bad or they make you feel shrunken and smaller, I would just not keep those people in their environment, in your environment, because they're pollutants. And humans beings, you know, we are community organisms. People alone don't do well. Half the COVID tragedy was people were isolated from each other. And that's why so many jumped off buildings and overdosed and died because they just were separated from their people. And so we need people, we need families, and we need people around us that are going to actually nurture us and make us feel good and give us a compliment and give us a hand on the things that can help us with the goals that we have. And that's a great big one too, that is very important. And virtually all sick people, if you do interviews with them on who around you doesn't want you to be well and you get rid of those people or they very diplomatically remove themselves from those people because you don't want a war, okay? You don't win by creating more antagonism that those people will start to get better because they're sick because someone's got their thumb on them or their goals or what they want or what they think is right or what they think is good. And you start pulling those away from people. You start educating people of like, look around your environment. Who is suppressing you? And sometimes these people are very crafty and they don't look like they are 
doing that to you. But every time you leave them, you wonder, is my zipper unzipped? You know, you just have this sort of uncomfortable feeling like something happened here and I don't know what it is, but they were all smiley and good and pretended that they were my friend, but they really weren't. Mm -hmm. Those people are very dangerous. And we're all pretty darn sensitive. You know, like nobody I know has really thick skin. Like we are sensitive to what people say or do around us. And if you can sort of start looking around at that, you don't even have to be isolated from them, but you can see, hey, look what they're doing. Look what they said. How did it make me feel? And then sometimes a discussion with that person can help. And sometimes it's just like, I'm going to go to the mall with somebody else where we laugh and we have fun and we appreciate each other. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big, a big part of this thing. So do that too. Okay. Eat right. okay. Yeah. I really love that last tip. I think that is really important. Do you want to share anything about how people can reach out to you or where they can find you? Yeah. So my practice is, it's called LifeWorks Wellness Center. So the website is LifeWorks, L-I-F-E-W-R-K-S, Wellness Center, one thing, uh, .com. And we see new patients and you can go on the website and look around. There's hundreds of videos on there and lots of information. And if you're interested in, you want to become a patient or you want to refer someone then, you know, there's forms on there where you can do that. If you're on there and you don't want to become a patient or that's not what you're looking for, I write two free newsletters. They come out every other week. They're free. They're really good. We have like, I don't know, 100,000 people who get them every week that like, like people like them. And where I take up topics that, that have to do with living better, or being healthy. And then I have a company that makes these products that makes Perfect Amino and about 20 other products. Uh, it's called Body Health. So the website is bodyhealth.com. There's lots of videos on there too and information about products. People can buy off the internet or they can buy our stuff from practitioners. And those are the two best places to sort of find me. I do a lot of podcasts, so you might see me. Like I just, if you get Mercola's, I did a great interview with him a couple of weeks ago. That's where I hang out. Okay, awesome. And we'll put some links in the show notes too for your LifeWork Center and everything else. Yeah. And the book, The Search for the Perfect Protein, I recommend you read it. It's not written in a scientific way. It's very down to earth. If you want to go to Amazon, you can buy it. If you want a free copy, if you go to bodyhealth.com, you can download the PDF copy of the book. I did an audio book version of it, which I think is even better than the book because uh, a friend of mine read it, but in between chapters, we have a discussion on what went on in the chapter. So there's a lot of extra stuff and um, you can go to Amazon or audible or you know one of those services and and get the audio book if you want to try that okay awesome okay well thank you so much for being on the show dr minkoff yes rachel it was a lot of fun i hope you enjoyed that episode and before i go i do want to remind you that i am currently taking one-on-one clients from anywhere in the world i work online with people all over and we do that by doing zoom calls for our sessions and I ship out functional lab testing straight to your door. You do the testing in the comfort of your own home, ship it out, and then I get the results so that I can investigate what the root cause is to your health problems. I've helped many people put their autoimmune diseases into remission like alopecia areata, EOE, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, and I've helped so many people struggling with mystery symptoms 
get their health back. And a lot of times I'll find things like hidden gut infections like Giardia, H. pylori, maybe we find some Candida overgrowth, mold has been coming up a lot on people's tests recently, nutrient deficiencies, hormone imbalances. These are all things that are triggers for your symptoms and diseases that conventional doctors are missing. So if you're ready to actually figure out why you're struggling with an autoimmune disease, or if you don't even know what you have yet, you just have these mystery symptoms that you can't seem to get a diagnosis for, and you want to heal your body through diet and lifestyle changes, then book a free health consultation with me so that we can get your health back on track. You can go to the show notes and book the call there, or you can go to naturalhealthrising.com, or you can even head over to my Instagram and you can chat with me, go into my DMs, send me a message. I reply to everybody in there. You can sign up for a consultation on my Instagram as well. So if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave a comment, rating, or share it with a friend who needs to hear this information. Comments and ratings really help this show so that more people will listen and I can continue to help people level up their health and entire life holistically. Thanks for listening and keep striving to become your healthiest, happiest self.